going to talk about Jesus more and more. Amen. Praise God. And that's when we look at Scripture, that's exactly what the disciples did. The Bible says they went everywhere preaching the Word of God with signs following. Amen. They went and preached the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection about Jesus Christ. And this time of the year, amen, is expressed more about Christ than any other time. Amen. And so, but we who are born again, amen, this day should be the same every day. <laughs> He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we should be spreading this truth continually around the world. Amen. So we've been talking about moving on or going on unto perfection. Amen. And uh, our opening theme scripture was the New Living Translation. We start with Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. So it says in New Living Translation, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamentals importance of repentance from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move what? Forward. Amen. Amen. So, we will move forward. Amen. To further understanding, moving forward. Amen. To further understanding. And that's what God wants. He wants us to come on unto perfection, getting that understanding. And so uh, the first couple of lessons we talk about getting obstacles out of our ways, casting off the weights and things that may hinder us and weigh us down. We want to get those things out of the way. And then last week we was talking a little bit, and number two, things that will hinder you from reaching perfection, not believing what the Word and what you hear, read and hear in the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, James tells us we have to be doers of the words and not hearers only deceiving our own selves. Amen. We have to become a doer of God's Word. Paul tells us in Romans fifteen four that the things which are written afore was written out for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. Amen. And because the Word of God is quick and is powerful and and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, pierced to the dividers of under soul and spirit and joint and marrow. Amen. So we got to believe the Word of God is there for a purpose. And we saw numerous scriptures last week as we were studying. The Lord told the, the children of Israel when Gideon was chosen to lead the children of Israel, and he began to question God, then why, God, is all this stuff falling upon us, and why is all this evil coming upon us and God told them because you have not obeyed my voice you in other words you have not done what I told you I told you when I brought you out of Egypt not to fear the enemy that was before you you had exceeding precious promises from God that I won't leave you I will not forsake you I will be with you all the ways even unto the ends of the world and so but they had not obeyed what God uh, word had told them and so we see that throughout scripture every time the children of israel rejects god's words or they don't do what god tells them to do their enemy seems to defeat them and as a result of that then they find themselves praying and seeking for god and god brings them right back to what he had told them from the start to that they have to obey and listen to what he is asking them to do even we found last week that when Samuel uh, came and Saul did not destroy the Amalekites and the king the way God told them to do, 
He told them to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken in the fat of rams because rebellion is the same as witchcraft and stubbornness is the same as idolatry and iniquity. So we learn from these things. Then we talked a little bit about the things that would also hinder our perfection and growth and maturity was that of fear. The Lord told us in Isaiah 41, 10, Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. In other words, God will teach us to do right. And as long as we do right, we will stand firm. We don't have to fear. John tells us in 1 John 4, 18, that he that feareth is not made perfect in love. In other words, we know that God is love. And so, therefore, we need to be committed and and rooted and grounded in God. Amen. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God had not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. And when the time ran out last week, I was just getting to point three, a C on your paper, about gossip. We must realize that gossip can hinder our own growth. Amen. We have got to get to the point to where we're becoming edifiers and not destructions. Sometimes it's easy, you know, to talk about gossip and allow gossip to get in our hearts and in our minds. In Proverbs six fourteen through 19, we know that the Bible began to tell us that these, you know, the forwardness is in the heart he devised mischief, continue his sword's discord, okay? Then verse 15, it goes on. Amen. So therefore shall his calamity come suddenly, suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things that the Lord hates, notice, and seven are an abomination to him. A, a proud look, a lying tongue, hand that shed innards to blood, a heart devised wicked imagination, feet that be swift and running to do wrong or mischief. Amen. And a false witness speak alive. And he that sowed discord among brethren. You know, we don't want to be sowing discord. We are designed and called to build up and to edify. Okay. It does me no good to sit around and talk about you. (laughs) You know, you're my brother. You're my sister. You know, so we have to be able to build one another up. You know, I got called a few weeks ago, and I think the article may be in one of the soon-coming magazines from Perspective Magazine, and they wanted me to do an article about gossip. And so the guy was asking me some questions, and he asked me what I thought uh, had I seen gossip uh, destroying the churches. And I said, yeah, you know, and and it has. And I have seen that, and I've seen church divided. Uh, in my ministry over the years of people that they get into gossip and they start it and it becomes kind of like a wildfire. And so uh, we have to to realize that this is not of God. God hates gossip, you know, uh, because we should not be sowing discord among what? Brethren, you know. We are to edify. We are to build up. James goes on and tells us that in James chapter 1, verse 26, 27, he says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, amen, to, you know, what? Visit the Father and the widows in their affliction to keep yourselves unspotted from the world. In verse, um, go back to 26, one second. 
if a man, if any among seem you to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceive his own heart, that man's religion is in vain. See, we know that Proverbs eighteen twenty one tell us that death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. So therefore, I need to use my tongue for the right reason. I need to build you up. I need to edify you and not tear you down. You know, I, I don't want to get into complaining. I don't want to get into talking bad about people. I want to be able to look at every way to, to find the good in the individual. You know, that's what we should all look for and all strive for. Amen. Because if I edify you and I build you up, what's going to happen is I'm going to bring myself up. You know, I'm going to lift myself. I'm, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage me by finding the good in you. But if I tear you down, I'm going to pull you down. Why? Because we're the members of the same body. See, we're in this thing together. It, it, you know, if, if you two are talking and you're gossiping, it's going to affect me whether I'm there or not. You know, because the blood still flows. We're in the body together. This is why Paul says that I can't say I don't have need of the hand or the ear can't say I don't have need of the fingers or whatever. I'm just, you know, throwing these things in there. We're all in the body together, see. And so if I'm, if Sister Bell and I are talking about Sister Sue, we're gossiping about Sister Sue, it's going to affect her whether she's there or not because she's in the body. The same way, it's going to affect Sister uh, Sandy, whether she's there or not. If we're talking about Sister Sue, it's going to affect her because she's in the body too, see? And so, therefore, we can't move on. If her and I are talking, neither one of us is growing in the Lord, see? We're we're pulling each other down. It's kind of like the old saying when the frog is a crab, rather. Have you ever seen crabs in a bucket? One is trying to get out, the other to reach up and pull him back down. <laughs> because he's trying to get a hold of it to get out too, you know. <laughs> and so that's what happens, see. So you pull each other down. And if you weigh me down and I weigh you down, I'm not helping you, you know. Because if you're going through things in your life and you and I are sitting here gossiping about somebody else, I'm not edifying you. I'm not building you up. You know, and you're not building me up. If I'm going through something, what are we doing? We're constantly pulling each other down. And so, therefore, we have to get gossip out of the way. Like anything else, how many eyes is in gossip? (laughs) One, right? So if I take me out of it, guess what? It ain't going to happen. See? And so this is the key to growth, and this is the key. You know, and this is why God hates it, because we're the body And notice what he said, discord among brethren, our family, and we are in the family of God, see, and so we have to. James goes on in James chapter 3, you know, this is, he talks about the tongue. My brethren, be not many masters, know that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able to bridle the whole body. See, I should be able to control me. Remember, temperance came, we talked about temperance, came with the Spirit of God. So I should be able to control this thing because I've learned now that life and death is in the power of my tongue. You know, I can kill me, I can kill somebody else. I can start, as he goes on here in a few minutes, and he tells us that the tongue is set on course, what? A fire of hell. 
Behold, we put bits in a horse's mouth, he says, that they may obey us. That's why you see horses and mules, they got bits and bridles so they God can control them because they don't have any understanding. Say, you know, and I didn't know that until I read the Bible that they don't have an understanding. I thought as a kid riding a horse, I thought they knew what they were doing. Mules knew what they were doing, you know. But they don't. The Bible tells you they don't have any understanding. That's why a horse, man, he, you, you, in the old days, you look at him. The, the guy, who's going to run right into a war, you know, knowing you could probably get killed? Horses do that, you know, back in the old days. They didn't care. It was kind of like they smelled it and just go like, yeah, you know, and they just go. But notice what he says. We had to put bits and bridles so we can control them. And you can turn their whole body, that big old animal. You control him by just a little bit of thing in his mouth. And then he goes on and talks about the ship. You know, verse 4. You know, behold also the ship, which though they be so great. Think about a big aircraft carrier, three football fields long and out in the middle of the ocean. And he says, Throw it so great and are driven with the winds blowing all over the place, yet they are turned about with just a little small rudder in the back. The captain, he just turns the wheel, and that whole ship, no matter how much wind, no matter how much is coming against it, it's going to turn by that little rudder on the back of it, that great big thing. Amen? So he says, you know, whichever list, he said, Even so the tongue is what? Is a little member, it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire, kindereth. Just saying the wrong things or the wrong words, we can start a fire. I don't know if I ever told you about the time I was a kid. I was walking on the road and I was popping matches. You know, I had a little matchbox. And I was popping matches. You know, we, we learned you stand the match up on the side of the thing. You thump it. And it will light. You know? Well, I'm walking down the road, and I have a little box in my pocket, you know, and I'm walking along the road. I'm just popping them, and, you know, it goes out. And all of a sudden, man, I popped one, and I don't know if you've seen it. look almost like timber weeds that flies out west that goes all over. Well, we had what they call the dried crabgrass kind of like, and I popped one. And when I popped it, it landed, and it hit into this, and I went to stomp it out. And when I stomped, I missed it, and the wind from my foot gave it the oxygen it needed. And the next thing I know, the woods is on fire. I mean, that baby took off, and it was rolling, man. I mean, it was just going hard. And I mean, and when you start hearing pine trees pop and burst, you know, and stuff, I mean, it was just like it was fuel, you know. And I mean, in the woods. And so when I got, by the time we contacted the fire department and stuff, and they got there, they had to go way around and get in front of it with their bulldozers and everything else to make trenches to be able to stop it and stuff. But just from that little spark, it started that big fire, you know. And that's what James is trying to get us to see. Our tongue, just saying the wrong things, can start a major fire. Amen. And so we have to be careful. And he goes on and says, And the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on the fire of hell. So 
we have to make sure that we choose our words carefully. You know, we, God gives us two ears, so we think before we speak. We want to make sure that we're what? We're on the building up team. We're on the edifying team. Amen. The Bible says, in him was no guile. And so, therefore, we want to be able to be like Christ. And so, we want to make sure that we're not gossipers. Okay? And one of the things about, sometimes about gossip, what I have found in my ministry and over the years, is a lot of times people get in gossip and they just don't realize it. They just want to be put some input sometimes. And they don't realize it, you know. And by putting that input in, it starts rolling, you know, because somebody says, oh, is that how you feel? You know, and then you, you, you get into like almost like a conversation and you don't even realize it that you are starting to gossip a lot of times, you know. And so, therefore, we have to make sure that we learn to bridle our tongue and to control our tongue so that we will not get involved in gossip. Amen. And so let's not, you know, uh, we, we need to always look for ways to be able to help people and not talk about people. People will make mistakes. People will make wrong choices in life. You know, but we need not. We need to look for ways to edify and build up, especially sometimes in, in children's lives, sometimes in some homes, sometimes. Some, some kids make wrong choices and wrong decisions sometimes, you know, and it's easy to start gossiping about that family than to look for ways to help that family and to edify and to build up that family. So, let, so let's remember these things because what? We're moving to perfection. We want to do what Christ is asking us to do. Amen. Number D on your paper. Amen. So does anybody have any comments on uh, uh, our input on C? Okay, moving on. All right. Number D, a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge will hinder us from reaching perfection. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Amen. Amen. What do you think are some things that would help you, uh, hinder you from reaching knowledge? Not studying the Word. Okay. Distractions. How do we get knowledge? <laughs> huh? S- studying. Hearing. Asking for it. <laughs> Amen. Time, okay, yeah, amen. We need to have knowledge, amen. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 1, 7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, amen. So we have to reverence God. We have to believe what he says. We have to love God, amen. So we want to make sure we got to obtain knowledge. Every day we should know something more about God and his word than we did the day before. Amen. We need to have knowledge. Peter tells us in Second Peter 1, he says, Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Amen. Know what you're doing, what you're doing. I cannot reach perfection if I don't know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So I've got to have knowledge here. Amen. If you, don't, if you think you can live in this world without perfection, you're wrong. You've got to move on to perfection. 
And lately, I find that a lot of people, I, you know, I've been to a lot of funerals. I've been to, I've conducted quite a few funerals since I've been here. And it's amazing the number of people that puts everybody in heaven. You know, and, and, and that seems to be the thing. As I mean, you know, everybody seems to go put them in heaven. You know, and Jesus tell us, right, in Matthew 7, he says, not everyone to say to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He says, we have to be doers of his word in order to get there. See? And this is why if we're going to move to perfection, why do I want to move to perfection? Because I want to be with him. Amen. I want to know him. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, he says, Oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable unto his death, that by any means I might, what, attain unto the resurrection of the dead. See? And so I want to know him. I want to know everything about Christ that I can. And that requires me to study. Paul told Timothy also in 1 Timothy 4.16, you know, he says, Continue thou in the things which thou learn and have been assured of, and whom thou hast learned them, you know. And he says, Take heed to yourself. And what? And to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in so doing you save yourself and everyone else that hears it from you. See, I've got to have knowledge of Christ. He told the church in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 34, he says, Some have not, what? The knowledge of Christ, and I speak that to your shame. See, a lot of people think that they can just do anything and go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. You know, if God lets everybody go to heaven, they don't need to come to church. There's no need to have a Bible. There's no need to even build in the church. See, if everybody gets to go, everybody has an opportunity. That's why he died for the whole world. That's why Jesus says in John 3, that God sent not his son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. But we have to get knowledge of Christ and come into an understanding of Christ so that we live our lives according to his word so we can fulfill his purpose for coming for us. Amen. He's not willing, as Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. He knew we all was going wrong. And so that's why he came and he died so that we might live. Amen. We've got to have knowledge of God. The stories in the book is written for us to give us knowledge. That's why Jesus told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You know, if everybody go to heaven, that story says you is not true. You know, where did the rich man find himself? In hell. You know, and he says, the father Abraham sent Lazarus that he must tip his finger in water and touch my tongue because I'm parched, I'm tormented in these flames. Amen. And so Jesus tells these stories to show us that we need to gain knowledge and understanding of this story. And you find that story in Luke chapter 16, amen, as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
In verse 9 through 12, Paul began to tell the church of Corinth, he asked them a question. He says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He says, Be not deceived. Don't you let people deceive you. Don't you let people keep tell you that you can do these things and make it. He says, Know ye not, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, idolaters, excuse me, nor idolaters, nor effeminates, nor abuses themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor storks, nor shall inherit the kingdom of God. Notice. He says, don't be deceived. He said, don't people let people deceive you to think you're going to. And he says, such were some of you. See? He says, but you were sanctified. You was washed, but you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit our God. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I won't be brought under the power of any of them. See, so therefore, if I have that's telling me, get wake up. See, I have to get knowledge, and God's word is gives us the knowledge. That's why when you when you read scripture, it says, "Don't you know?" That's God says, "Okay, get knowledge." You know, understand what I'm trying to show you here. Amen. We have to ask ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? You ever do that? Why, why, why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> what am I not doing what God says I can become? See? Why am I not further along than I should be? See? I have to ask myself these questions. See? Sometimes I have to ask myself, why am I going through what I'm going through? See? I have to get knowledge of these things. You know, like, like the God said yesterday uh, that he had heard Brother James Kilgore preach the message one time. It was titled, you know, what is the shield of faith for? <laughs> you know, he says, you know, if it's to repel all the things, why do some things get through if we got it up? You know, and so we have to ask ourselves these questions, you know. Why am I not in the ministry? Why am I, where is my role in the five-fold ministry? What should I be doing? Is there more I should be doing? You know, is, is, am, am I missing out on something that God wants me to do? I have to ask myself these kind of questions. Amen. You see, God chooses us to bring forth fruit. Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine, you are the branch. Saying the fruit grows on the branch. So I have to ask myself, if I'm not fruitful, why not? Why am I not bearing fruit? Am I not connected in the vine? You know, am I, am I missing here? You know, knowledge is powerful. I've got to have the knowledge of Christ. Amen. I have to ask myself a lot of times, does people know I'm a Christian? Do they know I'm a Christian without me having to tell them? When I walk into Walmart, do I walk into wherever, does people know that I am a child of God? Am I different than the people of the world? I have to ask myself these questions. I have to know, you know, for myself that I am and that I am reflecting Him. 
Jesus says, let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And see, when I have the knowledge of Christ, I'm not going to take on everything the world does. See, a lot of times people say, oh, I, you, I'm not going to that church because you try to tell me what, I, what to do. You know, I'm not going to be a part of that because you guys try to tell me I can't wear this, I can't do that. No, I'm not telling you what you can. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. You need to have knowledge yourself why you do what you do. Amen. Because a double-minded man, James says, is unstable in all his way. You need to have that relationship with God to where you study the Word of God and you know what the Word of God says, and this is why I don't do those things. This is why I don't go there, you know, because it goes against the Word of God. It's not that you can't do, you know. That's what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth. He says, all things is lawful. He says, I'm a grown baby. I'm a grown individual. I can do anything I want, but it's not expedient. See? And so I have to have that knowledge. You know, if, if, if everybody is going down the road doing this wrong, you know, and I think it's okay, well, I might be missing something here. See? It's amazing how people get knowledge when they're in a whole lot of trouble, isn't it? See? You think about it. You know, they wake up pretty soon. They realize, you know, you know, you slam your finger in the car door a couple of times. It is. You'll make it a, you know. I remember my mother used to tell me, boy, leave those wasps alone. You know, they're going to sting you. Yeah, right. And she was always telling me, leave them alone, I told you. They're going to sting you, you know. Well, finally she just let me get knowledge. <laughs> You know, and one day, man, I mean, that drove came down and they hit me, man. And I mean, my face was all swollen up. And not only that, she gave me a whooping. I'm in pain from the walls and she gave me a whooping. And you know why she whipped me? Because she says, I told you to leave them along. You know, and now, 66, you don't have to tell me. You know, I have knowledge that a wasp hurt when he stings you. You know, you know, and so, you know, that's how they used to do it. That's how they, you know, you, you gain some knowledge, you know, when you have to, when you have a hard head, you know. So, so we have to have knowledge here. Amen. Proverbs 19, verse 1 and 2 on your paper there. Proverbs 19. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is what? A fool. See, the fool is said in his heart there is no God. Also, the soul, that the soul be without knowledge is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. You know, and that's what goes back to Solomon says. He that, you know, God hates, he that's what? Swift to run to mischief. He runs to do wrong, see? And so we have to realize the soul without knowledge is not good. That's why we send people to kids to school. We want them to learn something, you know, in life. You know, how many times his parents say, I'm sending you to school for nothing. You are not learning anything, you know. 
want them to learn. Say, the soul without knowledge is not good. And as I said earlier, Proverbs 1, 7 says, amen, that we have the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Say, you need to know why you're Christian. Say, this requires you to study. This is why it requires you. You know, if, if someone asks you why, why you're Christian, you need to know. If somebody were to ask you what is the gospel, can you explain it? If you can't, then that means you need to get some more knowledge. You know, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. You know, Paul tells us in Romans 6, you know, shall we continue in sin? No. You know, we was buried with Christ. And it was like as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should come up out of that water, we start walking in a new life. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. See, because we want the knowledge of God and the things of God. Why? We're trying to get to be like him. We're moving on to perfection. We're going to a better place. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions in righteousness, that the man of God should be perfect, be complete, amen, and furnished to all good works, amen. The Word of God will give you the knowledge you need, amen. He tells us, Solomon tells us in Proverbs, you know, he says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding. You know, exalt it, and it'll be around your neck forever. You've got to have knowledge, amen, of what you're doing. If you walk out of your front door right now and somebody says, Where are you going? You know, I, I, I was, <laughs> you know, you should be able to tell them, you know, you know, if you're going to church, you should be able to tell them why you're going to church and why you why you love the church and why you're a part of the church. That those are doors of opportunity that swings open sometimes, you know, and you have to have the knowledge to be able to share. I, I saw a commercial once uh, on Facebook. Somebody posted the guy, him and his family. It was Easter time. And they was getting ready to go to church, and they wanted to take a family photo out in front of their house. And they, a, the neighbor was out there sprinkling his lawn, you know, in his bathrobe and his pajamas and stuff. And so he's spreading his yard. And so the neighbor says, hey, could I get you to take our picture, you know? And so they get in front of their house, and so the guy with the hose, you know, he stops his hose, and he takes their cell phone to take their picture and stuff, and they're all posing, and the family, pretty nice, you know, Christian family, you know, getting ready to go to church and everything, and so they take the picture, and then the guy says, where are you guys going, you know, and he says, well, it's Easter, we're going to church, and the guy says, you don't think that would be important to share with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we we have to, you know, people. What God says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. We have been given knowledge and understanding that we may share. 
Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. They drink any daily things shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and shall recover. How would you feel if nobody told you? No. We have to seize the opportunity, amen, to be able to share this knowledge. He gives us knowledge so we can help others. Remember, we went to school a long time ago. We learned one and one is two and two and two is four. And then when our kids come home, you know, what do they say? Dad, Mom, I don't understand this. You know? And sometimes we say, why you ask the teacher? No, I want you to help me. <laughs> you know, so we gain knowledge so that we can help others. That's why we come to church. That's why we come to Bible study. That's why we study the Word of God, so that God can give us the wisdom and the knowledge. So when our children ask us, we can give them the clear understanding of the knowledge of why we do what we do, so that they can go on unto perfection as well. Amen. So we got to have the knowledge. Amen. Number E, a lack of daily devotion. A lack of daily devotions. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. You know, that when we start talking about devotions, we're talking about you spending a lot of quality time with God. You know, if we tithe our income, which we say is 10%, should we not tithe our time? Can we give God... 10% of our day, what's that, 2 hours and 40 minutes? That's not a whole lot, is it? You know, if we pray an hour, Jesus says, could you not tarry one hour? He didn't say, you know, you had to pray that whole hour. <laughs> but, but it, you know, you just think, if throughout the whole course of, of 24 hours, we should be able to find 2 hours and 40 of that minutes to be able to give, you know. And, and, you know, and some of the things, if you stop and look at it, and I say this a lot, you know, 24 hours. If I work eight hours, what do I do with the rest of the 16? If I sleep eight, now what am I going to do with the other eight? <laughs> okay, so even if that's the case, within that eight hours of my leisure-free time, you know, I should be able to find two hours and 40 minutes to devote to God. You know, if I can't give God two hours and 40 minutes on Sunday, you know, to come to church and to be at church, you know, what am I doing with my time? Do I have a problem with time management? You know, where, where is it at? Am I... Am I, am I burning myself out? Am I burning candles at both ends and burning myself out? Is because I'm not giving God what's due His. See? Early. Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2 says, Will I seek Thee? Early will I rise up and seek Thee. Jesus gave us an example, didn't He? He rode up early in the morning. Sometimes people say to me, man, some of the guys will say to me sometimes, yeah, you are up early all the time. 
I, I, I do. I need to try to get up early because I want my time with the Lord. That's the first thing I want. I want to pray. I want to get to His Word as quickly as I can because I know that there are some things that will come down the pipeline. You know, and so that's always my first time. And I what for me now? This is me. You don't have to do this, okay? This is for me. I find that that quiet time, the earlier at nautical, what I like to call the nautical hour in the morning, is the peaceful and quiet time for me and the Lord. You know, so I try to give Him that first hour of my day to start with. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing. I try to give him that first, you know, uh, a day. I start my prayer with devotions with my wife. You know, if we're together at home or we're traveling in a hotel together, we try to do that. You know, it's that first hour or so we dedicate it to the Lord. Amen. And so we got to have our daily devotion time with the Lord. There's so much that about prayer in the Word of God. And and so, you know, the prayer gives us that strength that we need. It it brings us closer. It it shows that we're keeping priorities in line and priorities uh, first, you know, uh, intercession. Paul told Timothy there in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, he says, I exalt first and foremost of what? Supplications and prayer and intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead what? A quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and honesty. Amen. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, who would have all men to what? Be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. See? So God wants everybody to be saved. So we get into the intercession. You know, and if I intercede for you, if I spend five minutes, just think, if I spend five minutes right now in prayer, early morning prayer for each one of you, think about how much is that? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80. You know, think, think about it. I, I've already knocked an hour out, you know, and usually that's what I do. You know, I'm spending about five, ten minutes for each one of you in prayer, if not longer sometimes. Depends on what I know that might be going on in your household or what I know you might be facing uh, in your life, you know. I might spend, I might spend up. Uh, 45 minutes talking to God for you. You know, it, 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 it all depends, see? And so, therefore, you know, it, 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 I got to have my devotion time with the Lord and because if we're going to grow. So if a like of devotion hinders me from growing and becoming to perfection, I need to get in the habit of improving on those areas. Amen. God wants us to grow. Spiritual growth requires us to devote ourselves to spiritual things. I'm not going to grow spiritual if I don't spend my time in spiritual things. See? So prayer is essential. Prayer is critical. 
Amen. So we have to obey the word of God. You know, God tells us, that, you know, that the Bible tells us, and Jesus says in John 5, 48, he says that God is perfect, right? So if God is perfect, and I want to be like God, and God is the word, then I've got to spend time in the word. You know, the Psalms just says in Psalms 119, verse 18, he says, Open thou my understanding, that I may behold what? The wonders out of thy law. See, there's so much hidden in the Word of God. This is, you know, I think a lot of times Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, and he uses analogies like it's like a treasure hidden in a field. You know, and he, what the guy does, he, he finds the treasure, so he goes and sells everything else so he can buy the treasure, amen, buy the field so he can get the treasure that's in the field. See, sometimes we've got to start searching, see, there's hidden things in there. That's why Paul says, I have not seen and ear have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for them which love him. But he's what? Revealed them to us by his spirit. The Holy Ghost leads and it shows us things in here so we will have the knowledge to be able to share with others. See, there's so much in there. That's why if you're like me, when you, every year you read the Word of God through, you find some things that wasn't there. And I think I've shared with you, man, the first time I, I picked up the book, The Prayer of Jabez, you know, I was a missionary. You know, we were in Ohio in Brother Norm Pasley's church, and all of a sudden all these saints is just running around hollering about, oh, man, did you read that book? Did you read that book? Did you read that book? What book are you talking about? The prayer of Jabez. I'm going, prayer of Jabez? What is prayer of Jabez? What are you talking about? You know? Yeah. Second Chronicles, the prayer of Jabez. Man, I've read the Bible through numerous years. I ain't never seen nothing but no prayer of Jabez. You know? Sure enough, he's there. You know, here's Wilkerson. You know, he's a millionaire now because he read it and wrote a book. You know? And all the years, because I got carried away because so-and-so begot so-and-so and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and I skipped over so-and-so. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. You know, we, we, you know, there's so much in there. That's why I say we have to slow down, you know, and let God's Word speak to us. That's why when that word says Selah, <laughs> or Selah, somebody call it, means stop. Focus on what you just read. It's a pause. You know, it's a musical pause is, is what it is. And so you're supposed to think about what you just read. What is God trying to show me? If I have not seen some things in there, then I need to slow down so that when it opens my understanding... There's a lot of things. You know, a lot of people don't understand the oneness of God, that Jesus is God, because they just keep reading fast. They just keep reading fast. Or they grab one scripture and it goes, out. Well, that's it. No. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Here little. There little. Amen. You, you, you've got to get in there and, and spend some quality time and your devotion time. You know, if, if all you do in the morning after you pray, if you just get one scripture and you focus on it, 
Let God speak to you through that. What is he trying to show you so that you can hide the word of God in your heart? That's why it says, if all you know is Jesus wept, why did he weep? You know, find out, pray, ask him why. You know, you know I believe he, he cried personally. And the scripture don't tell me this, but I believe he wept because of their unbelief. You know, you know, they believe as Martha came running out, she said, you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. Mary came out, you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You know, people are weeping, people are crying. But they says, hey, if you'd have been here, so you don't believe I can do it from afar? You don't believe I can do it now? I, you mean to tell me you think I had to be here for it to happen? You know, it's kind of like with the centurion. Uh, the man came to Jesus and said, hey, my, my son, come, you know. And Jesus says, go, go on. You know, he's healed. You know? And then centurion came. What did he say to Jesus? You know, I'm a man on authority. You know, I say this one, go. He goes, come, he comes, he comes. You know, what did Jesus say? Whoa, man, I haven't found so much faith in all Israel. You know? And he just turned to the attempt and says, go ahead, man. Your, your servant's healed. You know? We've got to get to that point. Where we believe him, we trust him. Amen. His word is true. So we, we want to learn how to spend. Jesus says, My sheep walk. They know my voice. You ever have a dog or a cat or whatever, you call them by the name? They know your voice, don't they? You know, I know this lady one time, you know, good friend, she had a Doberman man, and I would go to her house sometimes. She said, He ain't going to mess with you. I said, Yeah, right. You know, she said, come on, Rufus, it's serious, you know. She said, he ain't going to mess with you, you know. She says, but if I tell him to, he will, you know. And she says, you know, and then she said, you want to see? I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> but but you stop and think about it. You can command your animals to, to go after somebody, and they'll do it. See, Jesus says, my people know my, my sheep know my voice. But that requires me to spend quality time with him so that I know. Amen. So if we're going to grow to perfection, we've got to get into having devotions and prayer times with the Lord. And I'm going to stop there because we're only a break time. Amen. Right now. And then I'll pick up there again uh, next week as well. Amen. So amen. God bless you. Go ahead and take your, your break.